starting a brand new series for July, and it's our Philippian series. We missed you guys last week. It was the 4th of July on a Tuesday, so we took off, and it's great to be back. Super excited about getting into the book of Philippians, and so what we thought we'd do with this series is put a couple of couches up on the stage, and uh, I asked these guys to read through the first two chapters of Philippians and kind of put together some thoughts and um, and so I think we've all run, we've all read it like numerous times uh, in the past couple weeks and been studying it. And so what we're going to do is we're going to read through some, some chunks of uh, Philippians 1 and 2. And if you guys want to open up your Bibles or maybe you have it on your phone, we're going to be reading from the ESV. So it'll be easy. You might want to highlight some verses. That's really easy to do on the version Bible app, highlight some verses or even make some notes in there. But uh, I'm excited about this, excited to, to uh, hear from you guys. Cody and I are kind of matching today. That was not planned. Trenton's got bright blue socks on, which is great. And they've got stripes over there. So I think we're in unity today. So I'm going to pray one more time and we're going to get started. Father, thanks so much for your word. And I pray that your word would come alive to us tonight, that it would be so clear to us, and it's, it's such a powerful truth, and I pray that that truth would be hidden in our hearts tonight, Lord. You said that when we know the truth, the truth will make us free, and I know that there's all, uh, for all of us, there's areas of our lives where we need more freedom, and maybe it's what we believe about ourselves, or maybe it's how much we accept that, that we're loved and accepted by you. Maybe it's a freedom from a, a sin that has been holding us back, a bad habit, or maybe it's a secret sin. But Lord, I thank you that you bring freedom. You said where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so we ask you to move in us tonight. We ask you to open up our eyes and do a new thing in us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so Philippians 1. We're gonna get right into it, and I'm gonna start in verse three. Now, I'm gonna be reading kind of large chunks of scripture to you. They say, don't do this because people check out if you read too much and you need to just keep it like really short snippets of Scripture. I don't necessarily believe in that because if you can't read Scripture in church, we got bigger problems, right? So you guys are focused. We can do this. <clears throat> Philippians 1, chapter, uh, chapter 1, verse 3, Paul says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart. For you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how I yearn for you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment. So I love this passage of scripture because you can see how much Paul really, really loves these people. Like he deeply loves them. And he's talking about how he is remembering them in all of his prayers, which is powerful. Uh, He uses these phrases like, Uh, He holds them in his heart. He says, I hold you in my heart. I I yearn for you with all the affection of Christ. Now, these are probably phrases that we don't use a lot 
unless we're like really, really in love with somebody, okay? And this would be like somebody of the opposite sex. But we don't use these type of phrases talking about like our Christian brothers and sisters very much. And so I want to just kind of explore this topic, and I'm going to just bounce some things off of you guys. I'm going to ask you guys some questions, and feel free to just jump in and interrupt and say what's on your heart. But uh, do we really experience this type of love today? Like in your life, let's get real. In your life, are you experiencing this type of love? Who wants to go first? go first okay um I think especially with this first it's really important to look at like when you say this type of love like what type of love are we talking about can you hear me now okay and um right here the actual the word for love in Greek is agape and that word is used a lot in the Bible talking about the love of God to us and I think that's really important because it's not just any love that's abounding more and more it's this like never stopping never giving up always and forever love, as the Jesus Storybook Bible says. And I think that that's really incredible because we're saying that this love would abound or overflow more and more, this love that God has for us. So it's not just the love in our hearts, but it's an overflow of the way we've been loved. So like I've heard it put um, that we don't love others because we want to receive love, but we love them because we are loved and we're acting out of that identity in Christ. That's so. good. And let me ask you this. How many, how many of you feel like you need to grow a lot in this area? Because I'm going to raise my hand. Okay. Let's, let's be real and let's be honest. Like, I could, I could do a better job of loving people. And I think what you're saying, Sarah Grace, is we need the love of God in us and we need it to overflow so that we can do a better job of loving others. Yeah, I think when we talk about loving one another, for me, it's really easy to love the people in my immediate circle, right? But then outside of that, it's like, ooh, I have a really selfish love because I want to love all the people in my circle, but outside of that is probably going to get uncomfortable, probably going to push me to a extroverted level that I don't want to go to. Um, So I think we need to, in speaking for myself, widen our perspective of love, like take the perspective out of what I've already have into where can I take this love to. That's good. That's good. So, Trinan, Carly's talking about getting out of the comfort zone and, like, loving people outside of the circle that we're normally in because it is easy to love those people. In fact, Jesus was even saying, if you love those, only, only the people that love you, what good is that? And he's talking about loving your enemies. So... How do, we, how do we get there? I think it's hard sometimes to come out of the circle, to be honest with you. At least for me, it's hard to fight the battle of my, you know, not wanting to come out of my shell or not wanting to be social with people. Do you have a shell? Yeah, believe it or not, you know. I know I don't put it all, it's all <laughs> out there sometimes, but it's surprising, I understand. But um, even for me, I struggle with it. And, you know, sometimes you might have bad days. Like, I have bad days all the time. I'm willing to admit it. And sometimes, you know, it's not easy to love everyone around you. But it's the love, like Sarah Grace was saying, the love of Jesus that prevails in our hearts, that makes it possible for us to love those around us. You know what I'm saying? That's really good. Because I I heard uh, Rick Warren say that if you want to love God more, then think about how much he loves you. 
And so if we think about and we really meditate on how much God loves us, then we're going to love God more. And the more that we love God, the more that we're going to love his people. And so that's great. That's good. All right, we're going to continue on. We're going to move right along in uh, Philippians chapter 1. And uh, I'm going to go on to, let's start at verse 19, okay? Um, For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. And it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not at all that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. For if I'm a, if I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I am hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. So let's pause there for a second because this is really an interesting passage of Scripture because Paul is talking about this dilemma that he has. And, it, and he says he doesn't know which one he's going to choose, which that's probably a whole other topic because it's like he can choose whether he's ready to go or not, which is pretty amazing. But maybe he's just saying, I don't know which I would rather choose. I don't know which I if I If I die, then I, I get to go and be with Christ, which is far better. But if I stay behind, I can do some more good. I can win some more souls. And so uh, it's, it's a really interesting dilemma that he's in. I just love his perspective because, honestly, I don't have this perspective very often. That he is like, man, you know, like when I'm thinking about I don't want to die, I'm thinking about I don't want to die so that I can take care of my family, so I can be with my loved ones. Uh, I don't want to die because there's so much... I still want to do, you know, there's so much fun that I still want to have, and I want to, you know, see my kids grow older, I want to see my grandkids, those are a lot of, you know, kind of selfish reasons, but I don't think, I don't have this perspective that Paul does all the time, like, I don't want to die just so that I can reach more people, you know, because there might be days that go by without me reaching people, but I, I, I tell you what, I want this type of perspective, any of you guys feel the same way? Are you guys challenged by this? Cody? Yes, Kevin. Um, I think I, I love this passage a lot, um, and you kind of started hitting on it with um, talking about your, or his dilemma. Um, he stands between these two desires, you know, like this desire for his relationship with God to finally become complete intangible and real and he's there and he spent time you know like knowing and and understanding the fact that when he leaves this place there's something far better on the other side and it to me i i was looking at this and i think he does something cool um he presents two different ideas open up my bible um Verse 23 through 24, he says, 
I'm pressured by both. I had the desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better, but to remain in the flesh is more necessary for you. So he has two different things. He has one that's better, but one that's necessary. And so I, I've realized this, and, and it's become really clear to me, especially with my marriage, because I'm married. Um, I have another person that I'm responsible for, and God holds me accountable for. Um, so I have to provide for my wife. I have to do things around the house. Um, I have to lead my wife spiritually, um, financially, physically, mentally, emotionally, all of these things I have to do. These are my responsibilities. Um, now, what's better, what sounds actually more fun, is sitting at home and watching Netflix all day, every day, quitting my job and just not having any responsibilities because that's better. But what's necessary is me to grow up and do what will benefit not just me but those around me. And I think when we're, when we're talking about advancing the kingdom of God, there's nothing that's going to bear fruit that's going to feel easy or fun or not require something of us. The, the gospel is something that is um, worked, that is uh, the seeds have to be sown. They can't just be thrown. You know, I mean, there, there's a lot that goes into the work of advancing the kingdom, and Paul says that, and he shows that, um, and I love that. I love this part of Scripture for that. Um, so Paul's in this situation where he knows that more persecutions are coming, more suffering is coming, but he looks, he has this total different perspective, and he looks at suffering like he, it's, he's been granted. He's been, he's been granted the privilege to suffer for the kingdom of God, for the name of Jesus. And we don't look at suffering like that, do we? Like, we don't, we don't have that type of perspective, but we need some of that perspective. And, but what he's really concerned about, even though he's about to suffer and he's about to, you know, endure more, more persecution, he's really concerned about in this passage that he will not at all be ashamed of the gospel. Like, I would be more concerned about my physical well-being. You know, I would be concerned for my life, and I don't want to go through pain. But he's concerned that he won't at all be ashamed of the gospel. And I also love that he says that he wants full courage. I just want full courage to stand up for Christ, to be a witness for Christ, and to preach Christ throughout all the sufferings that I'm going to go through. So when I'm reading this, I'm thinking two things. I'm thinking, uh, do I have full courage? How can I get some full courage? And am I, how often am I even in a situation where I need full courage? And if I'm not in, the, and I'm not in those situations very often, what's wrong? Like, I need to step it up. I, I need to uh, die to myself more. Like, like Paul says, you know, I die daily. So Paul's always getting himself into these situations where he's going to suffer, where He's, he's in trouble. Like they throw him in prison because he was preaching the gospel or he got beaten because he casted a demon out of a girl and people were upset about it, so they throw him in prison. Here's my question for you guys. Let's, let's discuss this. How could we get into some trouble like Paul gets into trouble? Because if we're not being persecuted, are we doing something wrong? If we're not suffering, are we doing something wrong? What do y'all think? 
Trina. I think to an extent, yes. I think if we aren't going out and risking, I don't know if trouble, and especially in a comfort place like the U.S. where we have freedom to religion and all that, I think it's getting out of our own comfort zone is the trouble that we have to fight. Okay. Fighting our own self, fighting the flesh that we have to fight, the sin that comes against us, the temptation, the pain or whatever, the anxiety that we have to face. That's troubling to our own mental and to ourselves. So sometimes it may not be the same thing of being thrown in prison or whatever, but sometimes it's fighting the own internal battles against sin and the flesh that could have us in some sort of trouble. That makes any sense. Yeah, I agree. And, but I also think that we need to say yes more. That's what Paul did. Like when God told him to do something, he said yes. And I think the more often you say yes to God, I think God tells you to do a lot more things. Because that's a principle of faithfulness. When you're faithful with a little, God will give you more. Is that right? That's a principle that he talked about in the, the parable of the talents and Stewardship, when you say yes to God, you're being faithful with what he's given you, even if it's something small. But when you say yes to him, then he has found you faithful and he will give you more. Um, I've been in ministry since I was 20 years old. It's like five years. No, I'm just kidding. I'm a little older than that. Um, but I've been, I've been in ministry for a long time. And uh, I found myself into some really like messy situations like how did I get myself here? Like, this is, this is ridiculous. I'll tell you, uh, one time uh, I had to do a funeral for, like, a great uncle of mine because I'm a minister. And so, like, when you're a minister in somebody's family, like, you're doing weddings and fun- funerals. Like, that happened in that family. So I had to do a funeral uh, service for my great uncle, and he happened to be homosexual. So it was a... Interesting situation. I'd never been in that situation before. On top of that, it was, uh, I found out later on that the service was to be held at a place called like the Equality Center. Um, And it was, you know, like a a place where uh, people in the LGBTQ um, group, you know, they, they all gathered there. And so this, it was very different from any, like, environments that I was used to. I was not used to being in an environment like that. And throughout the funeral, all these people are coming into, uh, into the room, and they don't look like me. They look very different. I'm, I'm like, okay, this is an interesting situation here. You know, what am I going to do? And I just, I won't say this, uh, that, I've, that I've aced this test every single time, but that time I, I got up and I, I just talked about the love of God. I talked about Jesus, I talked about the cross, and, and, uh, and got done as quick as I could. <laughs> um, but that's what I'm talking about, is like, I think we've got to say yes to those types of experiences. You ever see that movie, Yes Man, with Jim Carrey? He's just, he, he makes this agreement to say yes, like to everything, but he actually gets, he finds himself in really amazing Experiences, but just because he says yes. Can you guys identify with any of this? Yes. <laughs> yeah. yes. All right. Let's be vulnerable here. What is something that you need to start saying yes to? Be vulnerable. Okay. Um, I think the 
the first thing that comes to mind, and there's obviously a lot of ways that the Lord is growing me in this area, but I think saying yes to trusting him with things like my pride and my identity and my outward appearance to people because a lot of the time when I feel like God's calling me to do something, I'm like, ha, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not listening. Like what? Like sharing the gospel or okay. getting into a conversation about Jesus with someone maybe I don't know or maybe I don't know well. I'm like, oh, I should be their friend first, and then I'll talk about Jesus. Right. And I think a lot of the time God just wants us to say yes to bring him up. I mean, we don't have anything better to talk about, honestly. Like the love of God is the most incredible thing in my life, and yet – a lot of the time I say no to talking about it with people. And so I think that that's definitely, definitely something that he's working with me on. And I'm growing, but it's a process. That's good. That's really good. I would say for me, I am a conflict avoider, and I'm very good at it. So if there's like a conflict, I literally internally get disrupted and unpeaceful. So I just go into a shell and let other people like handle it or just walk away. Um, so this might sound weird, but to me it makes sense. Maybe saying yes to the conflict. That's good. Like, I'm going to have to have hard conversations, and I'm right. going to need to be able to stand firm in them. So instead of avoiding them, like being confident in what I know and actually having the conversation. <laughs> That's really good. That's really good, guys. Um, all right, so we're going to move on to Chapter 2 of Philippians and uh, we'll start in verse 1. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So, this is a a powerful uh, piece of scripture. It's talking about unity. It's talking about not doing anything from selfish ambition. So here's my question. How can a selfish person become a selfless person? I think they have to turn their hearts toward the love of Jesus. I think that's what motivates us and it should drive us. And once we think about what the sacrifices he's made for us, and the things he's done for us, it should turn that selfishness into selflessness. Think about the way he died on the cross, the way he didn't want to, the way he, he went in the garden, you know, sacrificed. He didn't want to die on that cross, but he did. And it's no, we have no right to be selfish. In the end, like I said, there's no reason. We only live this life as a small life. We're only here for a minute and then we're gone. So why would we take this life, be selfish about it, when we can be selfless and just motivate ourselves to just do nothing but spread the word of Jesus. And obviously we have lives to live and things to do, but in everything that we do, we take a moment and wherever you work, whatever you do, if you're making an impact on somebody in there and then, and just planting the seed, it makes an impact. And that, even though you may not feel it, may not want to, 
in that moment, it becomes an act of selflessness that you're making an impact on somebody else's life. That's good. <laughs> oh, come on. I love that. <laughs> um, I was, I was going to say that there's, um, I think it's interesting that he brings up Jesus's um, attitude towards perfection and towards the reward of his actions, the reward of how we might view our life. Um, I know God had spoken this to me a couple years ago when I was in college, um, that it seems like when we obey God and we step out and we become selfless, that there's some reward there, you know, that we will be uh, gifted with maybe more crowns and a bigger mansion in heaven or um, a happier life or X, Y, Z, whatever it might be for you. Um, but I think Jesus saw in here the reward of obeying God was in itself the reward. Like the obedience of God is a reward to us. The, the fact that we get to worship, the fact we get to serve, the fact we get to obey, the fact we get to think about others, that is going to fulfill us and complete our joy the same way that did for Christ. Um, and so I think that there's a mind shift that we need to make too when we are looking at our scenario because sometimes when I go into a serving scenario and I honestly feel selfish, um, like maybe I was driving here tonight and I had a very long day at work and just think, man, I would love to just go to sleep right now. Um, not necessarily thinking this was going to be life-giving for me. Um, I think the selflessness comes in when I realize it's not about me that I'm coming here for. That's right. It, it's not about my reward. You know, it's not about me getting off of this stage and someone saying, hey, you did a great job. You know, it's with the hope that when we dive into the word of God, it's going to advance the kingdom no matter what. You know, and we can step out of the way and realize that obeying is so much more rewarding in itself than than a result or an applause. Um, yeah. I don't know why I just thought of this. I'm such a prepared person. Y'all probably see my little page over here. So this is off script. So, right. oh boy. Um, but I was just thinking we were talking about listening to Cody and like him saying coming here tonight and wanting to sleep. I think. I actually know that God has given each of us a gift. And if we're not using that gift to further the kingdom, then I think that would qualify us as selfish. And I know for me, I lived in a box of, I feel like I have a gift and God has given me a purpose, but I don't want to be on the forefront of anything. I just want to be in my room and play my guitar and sit there and sing to my uh, wall because that was safe and comfortable, and, um, but that was being selfish, and it took a really long time for me to realize that. Maybe that was a pride thing and not a safe thing, if that makes sense. So um, if you have a gift and you're an encourager, then encourage well. If you are a speaker, then speak well, but don't hide something because then you're being self selfish with what God has given you. That's so good, and you do have a gift. You have multiple gifts that God has put in you to minister to other people. And so use those gifts, and you, we get better at that 
by exercising those gifts and by stepping out and by saying yes and by just going for it. Like I'm sure you've gotten better at singing from the very first time that you got up on stage, you know? And we're so glad that you decided to do that because we appreciate you and and all the other worship team. And uh, yeah, it's difficult to to get up here and do that, but it's just making that choice to be bold and and use your gift. And and we're all gifted at something. And um, I believe, like, when we read the book of Acts, we see all these miracles happening. We see all these amazing things happening. People are getting saved and miracles are happening. People are getting healed. I believe that if we had the type of unity that they had in the book of Acts, we would see the things that they saw. And we would experience the things that they experienced. But their unity was so strong because just imagine this, everybody coming in and putting all of their money just on the table, just putting it in the pot, that, and they shared everything. Like, that is unity. And I'm not saying we have to do that, but we can be more unified. And this is the reason we, we prayed for one another tonight in the service. It's so important for us to be unified, just come together, pray for one another. But I think, if, I think it's got to start here. It's, it's got to start right here. Like, if we're going to love the world, we're going to love people who aren't in our circle, which is so important, I think we do have to love the people in our circle very well. We have to love each other well. We have to be unified and really like getting into each other's lives and speaking into each other's lives because if we're not loving here, if we're not loving each other right now, you guys in this room, how are we going to love people out there, right? Okay, so last uh, portion of scripture for tonight, and this is Philippians 2 verse 19 it says i hope in the lord jesus to send timothy to you soon so that i too may be cheered by news of you for i have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare for they all seek their own interests not those of jesus christ but you know timothy's proven worth how as a son with a father he has served with me in the gospel i hope therefore to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me. I love the way that he talks about Timothy. I want somebody to talk about me the way that Paul is talking about Timothy, right? Do you guys want somebody to talk about you the way that he's talking about Timothy? Uh, I think that's incredible. So is there, is there somebody that, that you have in mind or uh, that, that you want to be a Paul? Or do, do you have a Paul in your life? You have a Paul in your life. You have somebody like that is almost like a father or a, or a mother in the faith. Trinity. I had a guy, I'm not going to spit any names out, but I had a guy who really, when I began to walk in my Christian faith, someone who kind of like Paul did to Timothy, led him into being a better Christian. He challenged me in my faith, mm-hmm. make, challenged me to read the Bible more, challenged me to pray, challenged me to start serving at church. And it's important, at least for me, it was important to have that because a lot of those little qualities and those things you pick up, I wouldn't have done probably on my own. But if I had somebody challenging and making me accountable to things, making me want to read the Bible, make me want to do those kind of things, really helped me out in my faith, helped me grow as a Christian. That's good. Sarah Grace, 
how can we be better Timothys? I'm sorry if you weren't ready for that, but uh, so just. Well, I think. What? Give me something. Um, I think that being a Timothy starts with humility and looking at the people above us and recognizing that we have a lot to learn and there's a lot of older and wiser people in our lives that are able to teach us. And I guess listening well is how we can be better Timothys. <laughs> that's, that's really great advice. Okay. I really like that. Anybody else have anything to add on how we can be better Timothys? Okay, I'll go to you, but just want to repeat what she said. Like, be humble and recognize, you know, you don't know everything. That's important. And then and listen. Be a good listener. It's really good. I think that there's something to be said about um, following your authority the way Timothy did with Paul. Um, it, I love the way that Paul says this. He says, um, but you know his proven character because he has served with me in the gospel ministry like a son with a father. Um, it, is He was willing to submit himself underneath Paul. And I know Kevin used to be my leader in Tulsa. He's still my leader here. But um, Tulsa is where I went to college. We were part of a full-time ministry program. And there were actually quite a few times when Kevin would make a decision um, for the team that I honestly thought was not a good one. I, I didn't like it. I didn't respect it. I, I just didn't feel like it was the right direction. Um, and people around me had some similar points of view. You know, whenever, like, your boss makes a decision or, or your pastor or your father, whoever it is, and you just don't like it, and the people around you guys can kind of talk about it together. It's like everybody hated it. Yeah, everyone hated it. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I, I remember that's, those were some moments where God really worked in, inside of me and showed me that it, Kevin is God's man. Kevin is the man that God appointed above me for that time, for that day, for that decision, and it wasn't... Um, necessarily about the outcome of the decision as it was my response and my attitude and the posture I took towards the man of God in the situation. And I think we see that happen in Timothy and Paul, enough for Paul to report back to the Philippians that Timothy has been like a son to him, you know, which I think screams volumes. Um, And I remember in, in those scenarios, whenever you look at your authority and people might be challenging or you might be challenging their decisions, I think it's important to not just internally say, okay, I'm trusting what God's doing inside of this person, but to, to vocally and outwardly um, lead those around you in following God's will through the leadership that he's placed above you. Thank you for that. You have to tell me what I did because I have no idea what you're talking about. We'll talk about it later. All right, last thing, uh, what, specifically, what is the one thing that challenges you the most from these first two chapters of Philippians, and as short as you can? Uh, it would definitely be the selfishness part. I would say sometimes I can be very selfish, which is a horrible quality to have. But I know through work and determination and prayer that Jesus is going to take me from a place of not being a selfish person to a bit eventually being a selfless person. That's good. 
for me, it's definitely the part where it says, to live is Christ and to die is gain. And I literally wrote in my journal when I was prepping, I said, don't attempt this one because it's really intimidating to me. And I don't really know what that means or how to explain it or how to live it out. But I think that's also cool because it means that God gets to teach me about it. I get to grow. So that's a challenge for sure. That's good. So if you haven't gotten anything from this tonight, I am an introvert. (laughs) So (laughs) I thrive off of uh, being in my house and looking out the window. And Hunter can be there too. But other than that, I'm... This is pretty peaceful. So, uh, no, but all that being said, sometimes going outside of my circle and building relationships um, is hard. I love my people, and it's easy to be around my people. So, for me, it would just be reaching out a little more. I like that. Um, There's a verse in chapter 2, verse 3. It says... Do nothing out of rivalry or conceit, but in humility consider others as important as yourselves. Um, to be honest, this kind of struck me in reading. To, I love people. I'm passionate about people. I think people are valuable. But my attitude is not always that other people are more important than I am. Um, I just don't treat people or... Maybe even in my mind, I don't treat people very importantly um, compared to the way I treat myself. Wow, that's good. Um, For me, it's definitely to have the perspective that Paul had and the way that he looked at each day is so valuable. Um, He could be with Christ, but he's here on this earth to win people to Christ and to preach Christ. And I want to have full courage, like Paul talked about. That's the kind of courage that I want. I want to be more bold. I'm very challenged by this to become more bold and to say yes more and to step out of my comfort zone more and to, um, yeah, to have full courage and, and to not ever, ever, ever be ashamed of the gospel and not be ashamed of rejection or persecution or whatever it may be, or not be ashamed of embarrassment. Don't be afraid to be embarrassed. And so, um, very, very challenging stuff. I asked these guys tonight to be very honest, and I want to challenge you as well. Uh, throughout the month of July, get into the book of Philippians. We're going to be just doing chapter 3 next week, so you might want to just look at chapter 3 uh, throughout this week, and we'll be talking about it on Tuesday and discussing it. But be challenged by the Scripture And be honest about where you're at and where you need to grow because we're not going to grow if we're not honest and if we're just trying to convince ourselves that we're good, uh, that we have it all together because we don't. We need to grow. So uh, I hope you enjoyed this. Could could you guys give these guys a hand for being open and honest tonight? Appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. And I'm going to just close the service in prayer. And uh, after we close, we've got a special treat, and um, might need a couple of helpers actually in the kitchen, because we've got root beer floats and Coke floats, and all ready to go, cold, ice cold, vanilla ice cream, Cokes and root beer, and so uh, we're going to serve those to you guys. But before we do that, let's close in prayer. Father, thank you so much for your word. Uh, Thank you for Paul's letter to the Philippians, but I know that uh, Paul was writing this as he was inspired by your spirit. 
and that you are writing through him. And you're preaching tonight to us through this scripture. And I believe that you're challenging us to uh, have the right perspective, to be courageous, to be bold, to uh, recognize the value of each day and to recognize the gift that you've put in us and how we need to use that gift to be a blessing to other people. I know that you're challenging us to be selfless like you, Jesus, to be willing to suffer if need be for the gospel. I know that you're challenging us to be a Timothy and that we need to find Pauls in our life. We need to find mentors and people that can disciple us. And so uh, we embrace these challenges, Lord, and we just want to come to you, come to your cross humbly tonight and say, Lord, we need you. We need your grace. We need to grow because there's so much good that we can do through you. And I ask for your help. And I ask for you to teach us your ways and help us to be bold believers. Help us to love one another that the love of God would, would be so full in us that it would overflow onto other people. And so we, we give this to you. We surrender our lives to you totally. In Jesus' name, amen.